What's up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Spotlight, where we're coming at you each and every week with a fresh weekend, a debrief, an effort to send biblical truth. What better way to do that than by the power of conversation? I'm one of your host, Caleb Pearson, joining me again in the host spotlight, Miss Alicia Battaglia. Alicia, how are you? I'm doing very well. I feel like long time no see. I know it on is. the podcast. It does. It's this rotation is sometimes we're has finally long back. Stretches. Yeah. Good we're, summer. We're back together. Yeah, we're we're having a great summer. We well, we moved at the end of the spring, That's so right. we're like settling in to our house, and we've had been doing lots of hospitality, and now it's just like the summer is halting. The breaks are slamming. Kids are back in school. Kids Very are, sad yes. week for for children. Mm-hmm. All back in school. Summer's over. Working in youth, I feel like summer's over too. I was just telling Alicia that. But yeah, yeah. yeah excited for the fall, fall season. Fall is fall is sprung. Uh, he's back with us, senior pastor Mark Carey. Mark, fall is sprung, not fall spring. Sprung. Fall is spring sprung. has not sprung. That might fall not. That might sprung. not land. Um, <laughs> we're, we, we, we're, we're off. That one. We're <laughs> off to a great start already. Mark, you're drinking a cup of tea there, my friend. Yes. Is that a, a regular thing for you? No. This is the first time I think I've ever seen you yeah. pursue a cup of tea. I, well, I saw it out in the hallway, and I thought, in an impulsive moment, I thought it maybe <laughs> would keep me awake <laughs> for the in podcast. this podcast. That's good. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> well, I, you know, for 40 years, I've been putting other people to sleep. I'm starting to put myself to sleep. <laughs> That's good. That's and, good. Uh, it's helpful. This is a little decaf stuff, or well, caffeinated. Oh, I was going to say, the decaf's not going to do you much good. Yeah. Enjoy it, my friend. I will it's, do that. It's not my cup of tea. Uh, <laughs> okay. Guys, let's jump into a, a Sunday in review. Uh, Alicia, I'll come your way first. Fellowship Bible Church talking about our core values. Yes. Uh, so Mark talked about the second one here of yeah. loving truth. I just want to say that I'm so grateful uh, that we're doing this. Initially, I was like, oh, I feel like we just went over core values not too long ago. But Mm. then I was thinking about it. I was like, no, we really haven't. It's time for a good review. And I'm so grateful because life is messy. It's hard. um, It's confusing. And we constantly need to be reminded of where where our foundation is. And these core values are... uh, things that we need to be reminded of again and again and again. And last week we talked about about loving God, and this week we're talking about loving truth. And um, the passage from Luke 24, um, these disciples on the road to the Emmaus, and then Jesus appearing to his disciples in, in the, the crowded room there. Um, but Jesus, he was purposed um, because he was, uh, they they're, they're they were blinded. <laughs> they could not exactly see who he was, but he opened their heart eyes before he opened their physical eyes. And um, their perspective changed when mm-hmm. he revealed the scriptures to him, unfolding the truths of who he is, because he is the truth. And um, one thing that I that just kept standing out to me as you were preaching this, Pastor Mark, was just the relationship with who is truth. And and it's not just knowing truth, but having a relationship with truth. And um, that is so foundational for us as Christians um, because we can know about God and not know God. But knowing God is a game changer. And a couple of weeks ago, it's actually Communion Sunday, a friend of mine um, down in F3, uh, we had finished taking communion and 
she sat down and she was just, she had her notebook out and she was writing ferociously and just searching the scriptures and um, took a significant chunk of time doing that. And so after the service, I was just drawing her out and she had shared with me about um, some very alarming news about some friends of theirs, best friends, lifelong friends that had been in a very serious accident, almost lost their lives. Um, They're in an island in the Pacific. Uh, Nobody is with them, Um, very isolated, and um, just the uh, trauma of what was happening in that situation. And and the news was fresh to her, and her heart was stirring. and And the thing that immediately she was doing was searching the scriptures, finding God's word that was speaking to that situation. Mm-hmm. And um, in that, it was a relational dynamic that was happening. You could see the Holy Spirit working in her heart and, and ministering to her. And that's, that's how God works in our lives. He, he uses his words to instruct our hearts. When we don't know what to feel or how to think about things, God's word is there to instruct our hearts, to help us to know what to think, to help us know how to feel about what's happening in mm. life. Because we can't make sense of it sometimes. Yeah. Sure. Mm. Yeah, good observations. Mark, what, what led you to go to Luke 24? I mean, you're talking about loving God and loving truth. I mean, you, you, you feel like you could pick just about anything, yeah. anywhere to find this stuff. Well, hopefully the answer is the Holy Spirit. <laughs> right, right. And you mentioned it was a, a, a favorite of yours, too. Yeah. You like the story. Yeah. Um, it's just that repetitive, mm-hmm. in, in that last chapter, that repetitive idea of, and he opened the scriptures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Moses and the prophets, and even mentions the Psalms, and he just... Jesus went to the scriptures, and here he was, the the way, the truth, and the life. I mean, he he could have just said, he he could have just told them, and by the sheer presence of who he was. But he went to the scriptures, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and so even our Lord, I mean, that's what he did at the beginning of his ministry with the you know, you know in the in the um, in the desert in the wilderness being tempted by Satan. He went to the scriptures, and here at the end of uh, his ministry on earth, um, he's doing that uh, as well. So what better example do we have than our Lord himself that showed the value of Scripture? So as a church, if that's going to be a core value, um, it's it, it certainly was the Lord's mm. core value as well. So it just, it just fit, I think, very well mm-hmm. in our core value series. Well, I appreciated you mentioning that you know there's a the Bible study tactic of if something appears over and over again, chances are there's a dots to connect there. The word scripture appearing over and over in the passage, but also loving truth is not something I, I think many churches or even many institutions would want to disagree with. But how they define truth then becomes so important, and so it's cool to think we you know we had to preach on truth this week, but really we preached on the scriptures and God's word, and that being our avenue and our truth so that we're not left we're not left to our own devices to say oh yeah you value truth and i value truth but they look you know very different uh for both of us but there's something unifying about this and we're we're doing uh in keystone we did a new testament overview last week and it's it's so cool to see some of those themes come out in fbc's sermon this past weekend of just jesus fit into all this and he spoke about how important this stuff is He, he used it how much more important than should we use it. Yeah. So um, one of your 
applications uh, for the sermon, Pastor Mark, was uh, in number three, you said, ultimately we value God's word because it points us to the truth, who is Jesus. And um, you brought out John 539, and I'm going to go back and read it. You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, and it is they that bear witness about me. And then verse 40 says, yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. And so there's something interesting about that that I saw not only in that passage about, okay, there we can refuse this relationship mm-hmm. with the God of truth. And I was in Second Corinthians earlier in the week, and I was reading about Paul. He's, he's talking to the Corinthians, and he's telling them all of these truths about the love of God controls us. If we're in Christ, we're new creation and we're reconciled to God. And Jesus, he's become sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. And we're these, we're now ambassadors for Christ. And we've been given the Holy Spirit to live in the truth through all these ups and downs that we have. And then in that same uh, passage, and this is in chapter six, verse 12, it says, you are not restricted by us. Well, let me go back to 11. We have spoken freely to you, Corinthians. Our heart is wide open. You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted in your own affections. And that like Hmm. pinged my heart because I was asking myself, what is my muse? What are, what are my desires, my idols? What is, what is it that's restricting me from embracing real truth? What is, um, what is holding me back, uh, from relationship with the God of truth with Jesus? And, um, I just, that really provoked me because when our hearts are loving the right things, we're, we're, we're wanting the right things. But when, when we fall prey to things that are not, that are, are, there's, there's affections that are very, mixed in with that and can cause us to stumble, stumble and sin. And so, um, there is a, um, I think it's good for us to be asking what is hindering us, what's restricting us mm-hmm. from knowing this God of truth. Cause he's pursuing us. He loves us. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you look at the, like Psalm 119, where the psalmist writes over and over again about, the delight of the law of the Lord, or I rejoice in it, or it's more precious to me than uh, gold or the honey, the drippings of the honeycomb. And he just has this love affair with, mm. with the truth. And um, so like, where did that come from? I was thinking of uh, Jeremiah fifteen sixteen. Jeremiah said, uh, your words were found and I ate them and your words became for me a joy and the delight of my heart. Mm. So it's it's like mm. you know the psalmist said, "Taste and see that the Lord is good." You yeah. know that His truth um, is is good. That He is good. Um, I I don't, I don't know if we're if we if it, I, I'm not sure that we believe strong enough that. Um, these are words of life that when we eat them, when we taste them, mm. that they are a delight. Mm. Um, we still live under a mentality that I can figure this out. Mm. I can do it. Or if I just try harder, you know, think this through, we can work on this. I'll grab a new book from the, 
you know, from the bookstore or whatever. What's the, you know, and and we just don't have sometimes that foundational belief that the scriptures are sufficient, mm. mm-hmm. that they they are sufficient um, for what we need for all of life and, and godliness. And because of the truth found in them, that it is the way unto life. So when the psalmist delves into it and delights in the law of the Lord, it's it, it, by experience, he finds that it's, it is life-giving. Yeah. Jeremiah, I, I found your word. I ate it, and it was it was a joy to my heart. It was a delight. Mm-hmm. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And sometimes we just never get to that point where you know the Bible is relegated to the shelf, pulled out on a Sunday. If we even pull it out, then. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and and one back to those affections. It it makes me think about the prodigal son who we've talked about before, and and he was enticed by you know uh, all of the things on the other side, and he squandered this wealth. And mm-hmm. Luke in chapter fifteen, verse seventeen, he says, "But when he the the scripture says, but when he came to himself." He said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread and so forth and so forth. But there was like a a recognition of when he came to himself. And so there's the Holy Spirit is at work in our lives that that give us those reminders of, oh, wait a minute. No, 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 no. Who who am I? Who who are you? Uh, You're made in my image. You belong to me. And um, just reminding ourselves of, not just who God is, but who we are in Christ. And, you know, here, just like the prodigal son's father, he's there waiting for us with open arms, you know, not just waiting for us, but it's like he has given us this robe of righteousness, the, you know, get the ring, get the fatted calf, we're going to celebrate. And um, and this is how God has chosen to reveal himself to us as well. I mean, you mentioned this idea of the scriptures are sufficient. There's also a, a period at the end of Revelation. This is it. This is the word of God. It's so easy, especially for young people my age and younger, to think there's there's an ellipsis at the end of the Bible where we're still trying to discover or wait for the Lord to speak to us in some holy, supernatural, crazy way. But we, we live the lie that God is silent because our Bibles are closed. We're waiting to hear from Him in another way. Yeah, I just read an email recently of somebody who um, is dealing with a, a friend who is in uh, a more of a prophetic word type ministry mm. and all caught up in wanting to hear from the Lord and this prophetic word, you know, seeking that. Uh, and it's sad because you, you, that becomes, that is kind of idolatry. Mm. I, I want something more mm. with that seems to indicate that what I already have isn't, isn't enough. It? Right. And so it's never been, um, you know, it's, it's some people say the word of God um, has been tried and found wanting. Well, it, it it's, it's wanted, but it's seldom been tried. And that kind of approach scares me too, because if, if, if we seek the prophetic words in that way, we might hear something. But it might not necessarily, right? You know, when you open the door for spiritual, it could could be last night's bad pizza, right? Right. You know, and you're going to order your life around that, right? Yeah. Um, No, 
incorrect handling of mm -hmm. this mm -hmm. can lead down Same. that. Yeah. So, we're, yeah. we're, you know, you, you see all the cults that have arisen and mm -hmm. and there's, you know, misunderstandings and interpretations and things like that. So we, we have to be careful. Cults that. are like through the roof post COVID, by the way, too, like these religious spinoffs and different takes on teachings and cults. Really? Yeah, I, yeah. I read an article a couple weeks ago about it. I think the world was bored enough to maybe come up with some creative ways to to think of something new. I don't know, but but there is an encroachment now on, yeah, the twisting of scripture and mm -hmm. these new kind of subcategories and organizations. Um, well, going back to something, Alicia, you, you just said, um, I, I, I think, how do we desire uh, what the Father wants for us mm -hmm. and how do we desire Him? The, the, that's where the role of the Holy Spirit comes in. Mm -hmm. So the Holy Spirit points us to him, and mm -hmm. Jesus said he will guide you into all truth, mm -hmm. meaning you want to have a deeper relationship with me, it comes to the, the with the Holy Spirit. So I think another thing that maybe limits us from enjoyment of the word, mm -hmm. finding its sense of sufficiency, is we sometimes, a lot of times, fail to pray as we are in the word, as we study the word, we fail to go before the throne of grace and say, um, give me a feast, Lord, you know, yeah. that I can eat mm, your good. word. Help me to see you in this. Help me this not to just be words on a page. Help, help, uh, you know, help me to see what you want me to see. So, so we turn it into a, a real spiritual exercise with the, with the living God, yeah. the third person of the Trinity who focuses us on Jesus. Um, I, John, it, it just beca it can become so academic. In, yeah. in Jesus's high priestly prayer in John 17, he says, sanctify mm -hmm. them in truth. Your word is truth. So Jesus, he's praying for the people's sanctification and it, it, he's praying for their holiness. And, and if we think about this, so sanctification is this process. It, it happens over time. And, and when I like think back on my life and, um, just the role of the Holy Spirit and the sanctification that he's done in my life, I can see significant change in my thinking, um, in my view of who God is and my view of others and my, my biblical worldview. Mm. And, and that's, that's this work of the Holy Spirit that's happening. And, um, something so cool. So the email that the church sends out, um, just with like the sermon weekly. Notes. Yeah. The okay. weekly, yeah. it comes out Friday afternoons and I got on there, um, this weekend and I clicked on one of the buttons and I found, I did not know this was out there, but this is on our church website, but it, um, I guess it's like little cards. I printed it. Mm. Um, but it's loving biblical truth. And so it's, from this core value, you guys probably already know about this. I didn't know about it. So <laughs> we, we've announced it every week, but oh. that's okay. <laughs> maybe not in the, maybe. For the dungeon dwellers. No, the, maybe not. Yeah. The dungeon yeah. dwellers might not announced know about it. Announced in F3. This. That's like, yeah. I don't that one know. Away. Yeah, well, that's good though. Okay, so yeah. for us dungeon dwellers, hey guys, this is on the on the website. But anyway, so I went through this, and um, it was just such an excellent resource. Um, but. One of the questions on here was, what does it mean to know God and how does God's word impact us now and in eternal life? And they 
posted on here a commentary from Tony Evans, which I thought was so good. So it, he referenced um, from John 8, 31, 32, which is said, so Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Okay. So based on that scripture, this scripture, this was his uh, commentary on that. To those who had believed in him, Jesus said, if you continue in my word, you really are my disciples. So notice that you can believe in Jesus, but not continue in his word and thus not function as a true disciple. Justification does not automatically result in continuous discipleship. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Note two things. First, there is such a thing as truth. Truth is the absolute standard by which reality is measured. We live in a relativistic society that denies absolute truth, claiming what's true for you may not be true for me, but truth is based on our feelings, experiences, or desires. Truth is, it's, I'm sorry, it is not based on our feelings, experiences, or desires. Truth is God's viewpoint on every matter and is not subject to redefinition. Pilate would ask, what is truth? And the answer to that question is Jesus. Second, Knowing the truth results in genuine freedom. Do not be confused. Truth alone doesn't liberate. Rather, the knowledge of the truth liberates. Deliverance comes when we know the truth. That is, when we hang out on what God says. When this happens, we will experience the truth, setting us free from illegitimate bondage. Thank you. And to John Avery, our pastor of Family Ministries, who put that together. Mm -hmm. Oh, so good. Yeah, yeah. What a great resource. Yeah, yeah. Really... um, the, the 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 eternal impact and and why this is so serious is uh, stated there but we that there there is impact on this side of heaven and there's impact on the other side of heaven that means that we have to that that it's incumbent upon us to be situated in truth to love truth to value it in in his word and uh, pursue it because there are consequences if we don't. Mm-hmm. We, yeah. we can be tossed about by every wind of doctrine, Paul says in Ephesians uh, 4. Um, the, um, in the video that Bo Spires, of sharing his testimony, mm-hmm. he quoted from Second Timothy, uh, that um, we are to be diligent to present ourselves approved unto God, like work when need not be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. That's talking about some eternal e- eternal perspectives approved unto God. And it's mm-hmm. not talking about our justification. Mm-hmm. It's talking about sanctification, mm-hmm. being sanctified by his truth, mm-hmm. because one day we will stand before him at the Bema seat, the judgment seat of Christ, and give an account. And to the degree that our life here on earth has been aligned with his word and truth and been lived out in that power of the Holy Spirit for his glory in alignment with truth, uh, we will stand either approved or disapproved. And the word mm. means to be tested and found to be um, uh, proven. Uh, so, so we're going to be tested, as it were, through fire. I mean, tested and see what quality we are made of. We can fake it here on this life, mm. uh, but at some point it's going to be uh, going to be tested. And so Paul is writing in his kind of finally one of his final epistles there that we have to be diligent mm-hmm. and to present ourselves approved unto God like work when he need not be ashamed 
by handling accurately mm. the, the word of truth. Um, there are eternal consequences, yeah. let alone for this life as well. We're, we're mm -hmm. either going to be lost in a maze of people's opinion of what we, how we should live our life, how we should raise mm -hmm. our kids, how we, we should handle our finances, how we should handle the, the, the horrific fears that come in this world. There are also eternal consequences to stand before him approved. Mm -hmm. And the key is, are we rightly handling the word of truth? And then... Mm -hmm. Um, understanding that, knowing that, and getting that uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit applied and worked out in our life. Mm -hmm. it's, it's Discipleship is a serious business. It's a serious calling, and we can't dabble with it. Mm -hmm. There's too many Christians dabbling with the Word of God, if they dabble at all. Mm -hmm. And um, it's, what is it, well, someone wrote many years ago, it's the most purchased book in the world, it's the least read. Mm -hmm. And uh, I find even in a so-called Bible church, like Fellowship Bible Church, um, I'm, Feels at Paul, the same at times. I'm at Paul yeah. sometimes, how many people don't even bring their Bibles, mm -hmm. uh, but it might be on their electronic device these yeah. days, but still. So is everything else. Yeah, yeah. So, so is everything else. Yeah. Uh, you, know, it's just, you know, maybe they're playing Angry Birds uh, right. you know, right. while, while preaching. <laughs> Only when you're preaching. I, I, I do want to... I, I want to mention a couple things, it's, you know, things I didn't sure. share. Yeah, good. Mm -hmm. um, but, mm -hmm. but just some things like, so how do I study to show myself approved on God? Mm. If I take this seriously, what might that look like? So a little acrostic, the word study, S-T-U-D-Y. So here we go. Got, got um, five things here. First of all, the S, um, set apart time regularly. Mm. Wherever that works in your schedule, whatever it works, set apart time regularly to um, uh, spend time uh, in God's Word. That's the S. The T is then tackle the text. Um, read the text several times and ask those questions. What does it say? Who's saying it? Who are the people involved? Who, what, when, where, why, how? Mm -hmm. Those type of questions. You, you, do, you do that little Bible study. Which takes some work. It takes time. It takes some work. Mm -hmm. The U in S-T-U, the U is then understand its meaning. So you ask, okay, so what does that mean? What's that word mean? Why is that put in that phrase? What's the meaning of the word? So you do your observation and then questions for interpretation, the understanding, the meaning. It might mean you have to cross-reference some things. You, you get a Bible dictionary. You, you do that work. The D, S-T-U-D, is determined then to apply it. Because once you've done that work, if it just sits there, no, the whole done. point yeah. is yeah. to say, okay, what does this look like for me in my life, in my relationship, to mm -hmm. my Lord, to others, in my work, whatever. So you apply it in those situations. And finally, the why is... Yell. yell. No, yeah. it's yield. <laughs> yield yeah. to the author mm. so yeah. that he is uh, empowering you mm -hmm. to make that happen in your life. S-T-U-D-Y. That's, That's good. good. Just a little acrostic to help us study to present ourselves approved unto God. That's huge. Another uh, thing that Tony Evans brought out that is kind of a continuation of that um, in relation to John 17, 3, and this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. He, he develops this even further, and he talks about how eternal life then is not merely the continuation of life 
but the experience of God's reality. It is the uninterrupted, deepening knowledge and experience of God. This is the purpose for which we were created. And I love that because it's mm-hmm. like, okay, we're doing doing the work now. And then in eternity, we're going to continue to like know. Mm-hmm. And like, we, we're not going to be able Study to- Study doesn't end. Exactly. <laughs> we're going to like continue learning about who God is because he's infinite. Mm-hmm. And so there's- um, there's going to be so much joy and delight in continuing to discover who God is. I just, you know, think about how fun it is when things click, you know, now yeah, and we yeah. experience God here and now and just... But when, a glimpse. Yeah, yeah, but a glimpse. It's going to continue. It and, is convicting. And even as I may preach it and just hearing and then talking here, um, and not to be legalistic about this, you know, it's, it's not my purpose, but it, I do sometimes wonder why I don't delve into it more. Mm-hmm. And you read some of the, the biographies of these old divines of the, the stories of people who would get up so early in the morning and mm-hmm. spend hours in the word and in prayer with the Lord. Um, you know, where our, our rich um, church traditions, you know, so oftentimes have been built on the foundations of men and women who who spent did that? Yeah, did that, and they were, mm-hmm. but they weren't um, interrupted or we're swayed so, by so TVs and yeah. social media mm-hmm. and the stuff mm-hmm. that is just mm-hmm. uh, just causing such. And by the way, you can speak to this too. I do think that is something that has happened in the last 10, 15, 10 years that didn't happen when certainly when I was. Uh, younger and you know is and that is there is such accessibility to information out there but it's not necessarily always good information right. so people are yeah. are are def, are fine are mm-hmm. de, they're developing their perception of truth yeah uh through all sorts of things and just because the person writing the article has a phd in mm-hmm. biblical literature mm-hmm. or a thd in old testament uh, studies does not mean that mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. the the exegesis was done well or that or that right. their conclusions were drawn right. Right. So again, uh, and it, which doesn't mean that when they hear me preach or you teach that they could conclude that must be right because mm-hmm. Mark Carey said it. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. you know we have to be like the noble Bereans in mm-hmm. Acts seventeen that studies mm-hmm. on ourselves and see if these things are so in dependence of the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us in the truth. I, 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 yeah. You know what I'm which, saying? Which, oh, yeah. And and preachers and teachers are going to be held to stricter judgment, too, because they're handling this. And James so the, be- the best we can do is point to this. And get- preaching is about getting out of God's way. If yeah. it, Teaching is about getting out of God's way. And I think you're right. I think with accessibility means there's, there's something marketed as a truth buffet. You come in, pick what you want. Yeah. But there's... Yeah. And, and the Bible, for, for good... Good for for sincere Christians who want to grow. It it is out there as an option, but it's still seen as an option mm-hmm. instead of the avenue that God has chosen. Well, and Satan would love for us to be swayed by every right. wind of doctrine. Oh and, yeah, yeah. And I, I, you know, I saw that with the Roe versus Wade thing that there was there were so many Christians mm-hmm. who I was so surprised at their response and disappointment over the Roe versus Wade because they were being, they were, they were believing lies instead Mm -hmm. of the truth. 
like sure. Romans one, you know, tells us that that they're exchanging the truth for a lie. And um, so, when, what voices are we listening to? Yeah. Are we listening, mm-hmm. you know, to the voices of the world, which can pull on our heartstrings, or are we informing our hearts and minds from God's word about what the issues are? Having said all of that, um, I know there's people out there asking the question. But we all have this book, and denominations read the Bible different. Mm-hmm. And there, there's all these different theological perspectives and beliefs. And why do we have all these different churches? And there's all these different, you know, the spectrum. Aren't we reading the same Bible? And well, yeah, you know, we are. And that is a that's a difficult question. Mm-hmm. And um, but I think of what Peter said about the Apostle Paul. You know, mm-hmm. some of the things Paul wrote are hard to understand. <laughs> yes. You know, and, and, uh-huh. um, the, but there is one interpretation that mm-hmm. is the correct one mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because God was not some schizophrenic, mm-hmm. um, uh, personality uh, you know, he and the wrote, word of God is living, it, it's active mm-hmm. and it's sharper than any double-edged sword. That's right. So the problem is not with God. Right. The problem mm-hmm. somewhere is with me, the com- guy who's coming in this on this end to try to interpret what God has said, mm-hmm. and we're we're fallen. We're, we we are, we now seen it dimly, mm-hmm. um, and one day face to face. And so it shouldn't surprise us that there's these disparate types of views mm-hmm. out there. Mm-hmm. Now that just means that we need to obey the other scriptures that say we are to love one another because right. it shows that we're, it mm-hmm. says they will know you're my disciples if you all dot the I's and cross the T's the same. Mm-hmm. No, right. you'll know my disciples if you love, love one, one another, another within the midst of that. And I, right. so I think that th- that can be the fun part of the um, differences, differences yeah. that mm-hmm. are in the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And we should ele- uh, elevate that idea of love because that's mm-hmm. a biblical principle. Yep. But it does stumble people mm-hmm. to know that there's different views on all sorts of different things right. mm-hmm. somewhere along the line, either that person or maybe both people or whoever are, are all wrong on its interpretation or, or there's somebody's got it right. Mm-hmm. And that's where, again, we trust the Lord Bible study comes in mm-hmm. <laughs> The Holy we do, Spirit. We, we do the best the job that we can do. The best yeah. job we offer. Yeah. Community yeah. groups. We get plugged <laughs> in. We do it together in such a way that we we de-intimidate going to the scriptures a little bit because we're all just in it, trying yeah. to figure it out, mm-hmm. trying to discern, you know, where the Lord's and, working. And I think as a church, and here at Fellowship Bible Church, we've done that. But as a church, I think you you have to say it's okay to have different views. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Well, let's all be in this together. And let's work together. And we, even after we're done with our study and thinking this all through, we'll st- and we, we still may hold our different views, okay, that's okay. Uh, somewhere at some point, it'll all get figured out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just have to understand my frailty, and I'm missing something. Mm-hmm. And But God loves and me as coming, I am. Coming with a humble heart, yeah. a teachable heart. Yeah. One that is is truly eager to learn what the truth is. That's right. And who the truth is. And there are essentials that you cannot disagree. That are non non negotiable. Yes. (laughs) Do not compromise. Mark, we mentioned earlier. uh, John Avery put together the thing in the email. Where are we headed next week? As well, our core values. Our third uh, core value is where we we've had the two: loving God, loving His truth, which are vertical. 
values that, that frame that, that vertical relationship. Now it's the horizontal relationships as it's lived out first in the family, so the smallest unit, the family. So next week it's loving the family. And uh, John Avery and I are going to have a, a, a conversation on the stage uh, oh, about cool. some of that. Battle of the granddads. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, should be good. Uh, thank you so much to our viewers and listeners all over the place. Alicia, Mark, thank you for being here. As a reminder, you can find us on podcast platforms everywhere. Just type in Sermon Spotlight. We pop right up. Anything else you might need, fbcva.org is where you can find us. The fact of the matter, everybody, is that sermons are not meant to just take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. Until next week, much love. God bless.